if we're growing, we have to understand that sometimes we do grow apart from people. And as we grow apart, there's other people that we also grow closer to. New people enter our field as other people are leaving our field. Get ready to receive your miracle. Whether you desire a miracle in your finances, relationships, or purpose, you'll find guidance here. Miracle Minded is designed to move you out of your head and into the realm of faith, manifestation, and miracles. These conversations will inspire you to move beyond limitation and into alignment with your highest and infinite self. I'm your host, Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual coach, and modern miracle worker. But it wasn't always this way. My path was one of violent abuse, addiction, and mental health diagnosis. Terrified of spending my life that way, I turned within and surrendered to miracles. My struggle as a single mama on welfare to building a half a million dollar business, living and thriving in my purpose. Now I'm here to support you in sparking miracles in your life. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, my friend. We are now preparing to say goodbye to 2020. And by the time you actually hear this message, who knows? It may already be 2021. But I want to leave this message nevertheless, and here's why. We go through our path. We feel the things. We learn the things. We get pissed off by the things so that we can gain wisdom. And my belief is that I walk my path so that I can gain the wisdom and then also share it with you. Because that's what this thing is about. This thing called life. We are here moving through it. We're growing. We're learning. We're awakening. And we're doing it together. What I'm going to share with you today are some personal moments where I learned some things, where I was disappointed by some things, also where I got really excited about things. But mostly I want to teach you the main primary lessons and messages that came up for me this year because I know they're going to apply to your life. There's going to be one that just serves you. There may be many that serve you. I can't wait to hear. I know in the last um, two episodes ago when I did the five beliefs and behaviors to leave in 2020 kind of thing, I heard from you all. People were writing me telling me three and four were my thing or one, two, and five were like speaking straight to me. I had one woman say that it felt like it was a personalized message for her. So I love to hear those things. If you're feeling the things, hearing the things, and it's speaking to your soul, please let me know. I love to know who this podcast is connecting to. Because for me, I sit here in my office by myself, having a moment, a message is coming through, and I love to think about who's on the other side. But I do know this, the people that reach out to me, I, I imagine them, I remember them. So definitely do that. Now, before we go into this, these lessons, I'm also going to give you at the end pointers on what to cultivate, how to really deepen into decisions and alignment as we move into the next year that aren't really primarily focused on goals, but rather an entire energetic shift that will move you into a space of receiving, allowing, and experiencing a whole next level kind of lifestyle. The miracle realm, right? So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I can't wait to hear back from you on this one. 
And before we go into the lessons, the vulnerability, the, the oh shit, oh shift moments, I do want to remind you that we are about to begin a few things. A, I'm doing five days of an abundant coach activation series. That means for five days, we're going to gather, we're going to get together on Zoom, we're going to do activations, I am going to call you to see differently, to be differently, to serve differently, and to receive differently in the new year. If you are someone that is a coach, someone that wants to be a coach, someone that is a healer, a guide, a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher, any of these things, a tarot card reader, you're someone that's like, I know I'm meant to help people and I want to do it in a way that allows me to be in higher service, but also be more abundant and really get this thing to win. I want to invite you to join us. Now, here's the deal. That is going to be the week of January 11th. Yes, my friends, 111. We're going to be doing that whole week. So get ready. Join me for that. The other thing I want to remind you is that we are coming up on the last final days just until the end of the day, 1231, New Year's Eve, that you can join Miracle Worker Method, my spiritual coach training program. You can join, save some money, and also get a bonus. There are bonus programs that come with it, whether you join now or you join in the new year. You also will get tickets, two tickets, to Harmonious Hustle Live next year, next fall, the live event. You get two tickets. That's a $1,000 bonus. So definitely want to get in and get those. But I also want to let you know that we are doing a special session just for the ladies that join my programs before the new year. For those of you that are like, I'm doing it, and you say yes in 2020, boom, you get this bonus. So this bonus is happening on January 6th. It is a new year becoming ritual. So we're going to gather. We're going to be live. We're, I'm going to tell you how to prepare, what you have to bring, and we're going to do a ritual to really move into this new year together as this circle. So we are going to get witchy with it as Chanel and I say in my house, <laughs> you know, like jiggy with it, but we say witchy with it. Uh, we are going to definitely get witchy with it here and in your home as well. So join us. If you are on the fence about Miracle Worker Method, I want you to reach out, reach out, send me an email, send me a DM. Here's what is unique about this program. I don't believe in gathering certifications just for the sake to say, I have an NLP, I have a hypnosis, I have a tapping. You can go on Udemy or Teachable, you can go on all these things and buy these, no problem. And you can go through a lot of information. This isn't a program if you want to just gather information and gather another course. This is a highly experiential this is a journey that if you go on it and you do the work, you will be changed on the other side. And because you are fundamentally shifting, you will take your clients into greater depths and greater heights and help them in a way that requires you to be embodied in this work. We are learning the language of energy. We are deepening into embodiment, no longer just talking about things, no longer just being about theories and and catchy quotes. We are going deeper and the people that are going deeper can be felt. You can be felt when you are going deep. So not only that, you begin to create your reality from a different space. You're not in your head trying to make everything happen just because, you know, it's 
it's something you would run a force. You're not going to depend only on your power. When you work with me, I teach you how to go beyond focusing on your power and to tap into the infinite intelligence that's here for all of us. I have no greater access to source than you do. The only thing difference is, is that I may have more awareness of how connected to source I am. And when we do the awareness work, things shift so much. So I believe it's module two, module one of Miracle Worker Method, we go into ascended leadership. So this is where we talk about being an ascended leader. And this is about boundaries, standards, energetics, language. We talk about how to shift. And I'll tell you, the ladies in the first round were writing me after module one, like, holy crap, I had to pause it. I had to take notes. Like what just happened? There was so, there was so much. They were feeling it. And I I want this for you. In module two, we go into awareness. So I'm teaching you how to deepen into your awareness, how to activate a greater sense of, let's say your spidey senses, your superpowers, and how to teach that to someone else. And then from there, we just go on the journey. It's all about you stepping into this work, revolutionizing your coaching business, revolutionizing your healing business, being able to add greater value raise the rates on your value, knowing that you don't have to struggle. We don't do struggle in my, in my world. We are doing value. We are doing thriving. We are doing divinity. We understand how powerful we are. And that's what I want for you. The thing that I really love about this is that this program, you have the modules that come out every week. You have that library that is with you forever. You can go back to it in six months, you can go back to it in six years. The cool thing is, is that as I grow it, you get the add-ons, whatever I add to the course, you get it. So it's like you make a one-time investment and it continues to pay you dividends. It continues to expand and your sisterhood continues to grow because get this, every time a course or a round of the method ends, All of the women go together in the alumni Facebook group. So you get to meet all of the women from round one. And that's really amazing because you all are here committed to your work. You're making investments in yourself. You are here to do big things. And when you show up in that way, a lot happens. And that's the kind of women you really want to be around if you're serious about this work. And then, of course, finally, let me tell you this. You get access to me for coaching. So this is not some digital course where you just get modules and you go and you feel like you are a lone wolf in this. Oh, heck no. This is something that you get the module so that you can do it anytime you want during the week. At any time, whenever you want, there's different videos in the module. So you might want to break it up, whatever feels good to you, whatever works with your schedule. In the Facebook group, you can tag me at any time and say, Nicole, what do you think about this? Nicole, I need help with this. Nicole, I'm not so sure about this. Nicole, and tag. Or you can ask the ladies, ladies, what do you think about this? What are you using in your business? What was your first experience of this? And then we all grow and learn together. We also have our live sessions that happen every other week. And in these live sessions, it's coaching. So you get that individual support and you also will grow from the other women. So that's when you get to ask me on Zoom, whatever it is you need support with, I will give you my coaching, give you my feedback, give you my love, my support. And you have all the recordings of these as well. So my private coaching right now for a one month is $5,500. And I'm not even really offering it. Like literally I've done one private client for four weeks in the past six months. 
So the other option is getting into one of these programs, and this program is at a fraction of a cost of that. You can do payment plans for 10 months, or you can do a paid in full for 3,500, but the pricing is going up. So my friend, if you are all in on your business, you are ready to take it seriously. You're ready to show up as the queen. You are ready to show up as the ascended leader, as the CEO, and act like you have a business that is worth millions and millions of dollars, because really it is. It really is worth millions of dollars, but you have to step into it and fully allow yourself to be that and show up in that way and invest in yourself and also learn from me. Learn from me. I've invested $100,000-ish in my business, in my growth, and I'm here sharing my expertise, but you have to say yes. So join us, join us, join us, and now let's go into these lessons, shall we? Now, these lessons are ones that I learned. Some of them were, were very painful to learn. Some of them I had to really check myself. Some of them I'm really grateful for, really all of them, but some of them just felt really nice and it wasn't what I expected of the year. So let's go into them. The first thing I learned was like really get over this I'll do it next year thing. Now let me tell you, I... I'm pretty spontaneous and I do kind of take life by the horn, so to speak. But I also do this thing like, oh, next year I'll do this or in the summer I'll do that or, you know, I'll try that later. And this year was like one of those times where like, whoa, I don't know. Am I going to be able to travel international without a vaccine? And how will that happen? Or is that mastermind even going to happen anymore? I mean, there were things that I thought about And this year I realized like not until next year. The other thing is just people have changed their ways. Like, you know, people are not comfortable going to the same things. I mean, even if we think about concerts, you know, there's, we would say like, don't wait. You don't know how much time you have. And it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's going to pass away and not be here in the physical. But there are people that may have put off seeing their relatives for a long time, and this year is not the year to see them because their relative may be scared to have anyone around, or maybe it's you that's uncomfortable. This is a reminder for us. We really don't know what's ahead, so why not truly give all of ourselves right now to this moment? And that doesn't mean burnout, but it means really focusing on what is important. Focusing on what's important and stop putting everything off for another day, another year, because we don't know when that's going to happen. I know for me, Burning Man is one of those things. I don't know if any of you have been to Burning Man or if it's a desire of yours to go. It's been a desire of mine to go. It happens at a really strange week for moms, especially for us single mamas. Uh, It's like the first week of school every year. So it's awkward. I'm not going to leave my daughter to leave on the first week of school to go party in the desert. That's just not happening. And it's not just party. It's a spiritual experience. It's a beautiful, deep, meaningful experiences to happen there. But I wouldn't do that. Now, the funny thing is it's canceled. I think it's probably going to be canceled for this 2021 as well. They're saying that concerts and things like this, like the bigger shows are not going to happen until 2022. So you just never know. It's interesting to look at the things that you've been putting off. So take a moment, grab your journal, grab your pen and write down like what have you put off for the next year or for a later date that this year couldn't happen and really you don't know when it's happening and get clear. Is it something that you even want to do? 
Is it something that really is valuable? Something that really would add something beautiful to your life? And if it is, decide you can no longer wait. When the time opens up again, when it's able and all is well, get your butt there. Deal? And this is between you and you, not me and you. I'm not, I'm not telling you that you should do anything. This is a conversation you have with yourself. All right. So the next one, the next one is a little interesting. Um, you know, this one was not fun to learn. And when I speak this, likely you're going to either recognize this in yourself or you're going to recognize that you saw it in other people. Let me know. I realized that I can't judge people. Now, we naturally judge. The human mind is a judging device, like literally measures and compares. That's what it does. And we judge to protect ourselves. There's so much to unpack when it comes to judging. And we have to be intentional and mindful of the tendencies. If you say you don't judge, it's just the, the brain judges. It's, it literally does. But there was something so fascinating that happened. So this happened at the time of um, June when George Floyd was killed by the police and everything online started exploding about Black Lives Matter, which thank God that it did, in my opinion. Um, That happened. And I remember, you know, posting about it and feeling upset, which is what I do when these things happen all throughout the years, that's what I've done. It's something that I do. However, I never expected for the online space to go as quickly into fight, fight or flight energy as it did around Black Lives Matter. And what I saw was like just so much rage and rightfully so. I mean, it's scary. It was, it was intense And not only were we dealing with watching a man get murdered on a video, which was just horrible, heartbreaking, devastating, but then we were all already in a pandemic. Like, shit was getting crazy. And I remember at this time, it was like everyone was looking, it felt like everyone online was looking for, what are you saying? What are you not saying? What are you doing? What are you not doing? And I was doing the same because it felt, it felt very raw and vulnerable with myself having a, a brown daughter, you know, my daughter's half black and feeling the feeling of like her and her friend. I think of her friend, um, you know, a, I can, a bunch of friends names are coming to mind, but black boys, black teenage boys, and thinking about those things. And when I would see someone not speaking up, when I saw someone that I looked up to not posting something, or when I saw someone that I had looked up to or invested in and, you know, was like a fan of, if you want to call it that, and then they would just post one black square and then nothing else. Or like, it was like an I'm obligated to send this out, so I'm just going to send it, and then I'm going to go back to to my life. I just felt it was unjust. I felt uncomfortable with it. I felt a lot of things, but there was just so much to be felt, especially for, you know, I can't even imagine if I was black. But there was just so much, and with all that happening, 
there were three influencers, people that I look up to, I mean, people with millions of followers and people that I've listened to their podcasts, I've gone to their conferences and I was so like just disappointed in them. I was like, I can't believe they're not posting. I can't believe that they're not sticking up for this. I can't believe that they don't care, you know? And then I saw that one of them a few days later, like posted that she was getting a divorce. And I realized I'm like, you know, I'm over here judging, like I know what's happening in someone's life. And I don't know, it just like, I flooded I, myself, I might, my heart, everything just flooded with compassion. Because what I realized is that I was judging. I was judging what someone was doing, what someone wasn't doing. And I was also getting caught up in what everyone else was saying. So interestingly enough, a couple things got me to this conclusion. Not to say that I wasn't still disappointed and like noted. Like what you did, what you didn't do, what you say, what you don't say, it's noted. But what I also know is that I am not going to judge or bully or shame people. Like I'm just not going to do that. And that's where it kind of went too far for me. So I hope you're following me here with this. So what I learned is initially in those first few days, I was like, what the hell? Like, why are these people not posting? Why are they not caring? And then over the course of a few days, I started to ask myself different questions. Like, what do I feel here? What am I doing in my own world about this? Is my judging getting, is it harsh? Am I being a bully? Am I shaming someone? And how is this helping anything? And I remember going on to, I saw like somebody's posts, one of these people I'm speaking about, one of these influencers. And I saw other influencers that I also, like peers of mine, that were bullying these people, like bullying this woman. And it was just so ooh for me. And I even said something back to them. I wrote and I just said, this is really, like you should not be shaming someone. Like, come on now. You all are personal development people. Are we really gonna shame other people online? This just doesn't work. So it was like, I learned so much about judging and shaming and peer pressure and just how there was like this wave of anger and everyone's shit was coming up. Like everyone's shit was coming up. Like all of our hidden feelings around, you know, um, racism, hidden feelings around, you know, feeling shameful for not doing anything about racism, hidden feelings of shame and like shadow around what our ancestors have done or not done. There was just so much coming up. And if we weren't mindful, for those of us that weren't being mindful at any given moment, we were able to be pulled into certain directions. So I was glad for me, it was like a few days. And there were a few days where also I was like, I don't want to go online. I feel like I'm, I already said some things, like I already posted and did what I did, but now I don't want to share about my business. I didn't want to show up and um, be like, hey, let's talk about miracles now. Like, I just didn't know what to do. I really, I don't feel like that often. I, I don't remember the last time I ever felt like that, but I felt like that right around like that second week of June. I remember we were in Sedona and something happened. So here's the deal. So I posted that. I just, because I felt like that, I was like, hey, this is really unfamiliar territory for me. And this is what I feel like. And let me tell you how a bunch of haters came and came, uh, started typing things onto my post. And they were like, 
basically it was other white people shaming me for what I said. And in that moment, I got to a point of just fuck it, fuck it. And I told people all my posts, this is my room on the internet. This is my room on the internet. And if you want to hang out in my room and you're going to follow me, cool. If you don't like it, bye, leave the room, unfollow, get off of my post. I don't care. You're not, your opinion, because there's, there's 7 billion plus opinions on this planet. We can't try to keep ourselves in the box to fit into everyone's opinion of you're good enough. You're politically correct enough. You are anti-racist enough. You are um, saying the right thing at the right time enough. And what I realized is there was just so many people on the internet that were just looking for a place to unload, just looking for a place to point their finger. And it was very interesting because people I saw were doing that and there were people that weren't even sharing anything on, like some of the people with the biggest mouths about it were like literally not even doing anything on their own grid. They weren't even speaking up about it themselves. So I feel like they were just projecting. It was, there was so much happening. It was ugly. It was ugly. It was not the best energy. But that's what shadow work really is. And I think we have to remember that. Things are not going to be high vibe unicorns and all this stuff. When you're going through an awakening or there is a revelation that's happening and things are beginning to kind of get mulched, as my acupuncturist would say, like the shitty things are coming up and you get to work with them and rearrange and adjust and reevaluate. It's not always good. I know for me, when those things are happening in my life, not because of an external event, because internally I'm having a shift in my energy, I feel like I am losing my shit. I'm like, am I crazy? Like, you know all those memes on the internet that are about um, people awakening? And they're like, what people think awakening looks like, what awakening really feels like, and the person's like crying and mascara smeared. I mean, really? That's what it's like. That is really what it's like. So I want you to know that we get to go through this human experience and know that it's messy, know that you will judge and you will be judged and you will get pissed and people will be pissed at you and you will be hurt and sometimes you will be the person that does something that hurts someone else. That's what it is to be a human. Welcome to that club. Like we're here together. We're in this. The best thing we can do is gather up the lessons, call upon like what were the blessings that came out of it and move forward. So, so one of the biggest things that I got from that time was an awareness around staying in my own lane and asking what am I being called to do here? And am I adding to the noise or am I supporting what really needs the support here? Am I tending to what really needs tended to, or am I just being another voice, another noise, adding to the chaos? And I decided I wasn't going to add to the chaos anymore. Like that just had to stop. So it was an interesting time. And, you know, I'm grateful for those times. And what I had to really ask myself, because there was some shame and some guilt and some things that would come up because I'd be like, am I doing enough? I saw other people that were like marching every day. And I saw some people that were, um, you know, creating, collaborating more. And I was like, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And then I thought, I am. I started talking to some of my friends, my, my black friends, my black sisters. And I'm just like, I, I have these feelings. I would just be vulnerable and open with them. And they're like, because you're even asking that, like you are. And you really have to know what I learned in that time was that we all are, are designed to help in different ways. Think about it. 
in a crisis of any sort, we can't all focus on one task. What about all the other things that we'll need done? We must work together. We must ask from our soul, what am I meant to be doing at this time? What am I meant to be sharing? What am I meant to be talking about? What am I meant to be donating to? How am I meant to inform others? Like what needs to be done? And so there was just so much there. So, so many lessons just in the month of June. Wow. So, so many lessons. So let me backtrack because this just, um, not backtrack, but I would say turn back the clock a little bit because I just talked about June and these are in no particular order, obviously. And I want to talk about something that happened right in March when all the things went a little crazy. I believe it was March when there was no pasta and no toilet paper. Pretty sure that was it. I went away in January. I went to India for a week and then I went to Bali for two weeks and I returned back February 8th. When I returned back to the States, that was when COVID was just really hitting China because we were flying from Bali to Hong Kong, then to LAX. And when I got to Hong Kong, that was the first experience I ever had of what has become our normal now, which is those little thermometer gun looking things going up to your head, the thermometers. I've never, I never had that before. So I landed in Hong Kong and it was like everyone masked up, gloves, social distancing wasn't really in place, but they were walking around questioning you. Where have you been? What are you doing? Putting that little thermometer up to your head multiple times, checking on you. So I, it was like the first time where I felt like, wow, I feel like I am being treated like I did something wrong. It's kind of scary. (laughs) And that was the first experience, and that was early February. But going back home, I was like, okay, maybe it's not really going to go down here. Maybe it's not going to be crazy here. I know people were just doing things still. I was doing things still, living life. And then all of a sudden, one day, I go to Trader Joe's, and there was literally no pasta. Like, the whole pasta rack, the whole rice rack, everything was gone. And I was like, what the heck is happening? And then all of a sudden, I heard about the toilet paper. And I I thought, is this is this real? Let me look for myself. I go to the store and literally, you know, people are outside waiting in line for toilet paper. I was like, what the hell is happening? So in that week, let's talk about the lesson that I learned. Look, I had some fear coming up for sure. I mean, I think all of us did. We were in unknown territory. How could you not have a fear or a what the hell's about to happen kind of moment? For me, I thought this is supposed to be my year. I made this big investment in this mastermind. It's supposed to be a year of traveling. I have like gotten everything in order. I have this program that I was doing, the Miracle Academy at the time. We had live events. Oh, and we just had our silent retreat March 1st weekend. So I'm like, this is really inconvenient. Like what the hell is going to happen? And will I be able to keep up my income the same? Or is this going to impact it? Because as of course, I'm sure you heard it too. Everyone was talking about the problem with money. The problem with money, the problem with um, the economy is going to shut down. There were people that I listened to, influencers that were like suddenly lowering their rates, giving everything on discount. People were talking about the economy was going to crash. And, you know, I'm just like, am I in La La Land or what? Because I believe that I can make it no matter what. I believe that this could be a miracle season still. And I just decided right in that moment of feeling like a few days of like flip-flopping back and forth, like what if I'm wrong? What if they're right? I just decided, this is the decision. 
God has not left the building. Like spirit is still here. Money is no less than it was before. Maybe it's changing hands. Maybe it's coming from new sources. Maybe it's not coming from your job anymore. Maybe it's going to come from a new idea. But there's, there's still the same money in circulation. So I had to get really clear on my faith and step into what I practice and say, I get to decide on my own economy. And I remember being in the shower. You know those shower ideas come through. And I got the first idea that was to do a virtual meditation retreat. The funny thing is that at the time that sounded exactly the opposite of anything I would have normally done if it wasn't COVID. Like virtual meditation retreat, that sounds horrible. We get to be at home. I'd rather do it live. I'd rather rent a house and us all get together for the weekend. I would just never do it. I would think that no one would buy it. And maybe it wouldn't be a thing before COVID. But let me tell you, that idea came through and I almost like didn't trust it. I was like, hmm, I ran it by a client. I ran it by my best friend. And then I offered it and people were buying it. People were like, yes, I'm ready for this. And you know what? Myself and those ladies that said yes to that, we went on a beautiful journey for a weekend right in the beginning of COVID. And I'll tell you, the energy in our group was so much different than the energy that was on the internet. The internet was like doom and gloom, fear, fighting, political bullshit. And meanwhile, we were focused on possibility, on the blessings that were coming through. We were focusing on this being a beautiful pause, that there was magic that was happening in this. And let me tell you, it absolutely was a miracle season for me. So right around that time is when I decided also to move out of LA and That made zero sense to move out of LA. I already talked about this on another podcast, but I will say this, that it didn't seem right to move and double my rent during a pandemic, but that was like the move that was calling to me at the time. I was like, all right, I need to get out of LA. I need more space. So I did it. And that was another lesson that I learned is just during this pandemic, during this year, during this revolutionary time for all of us humans that we have to focus on what feels good for us. And this brings me into my next lesson, happiness over everything. That was something I really learned in a new layer, like really the texture just settled into my life where I noticed where I would say yes to things or keep doing things because it did, and it didn't really align fully, but it was just the way that people do things. Like for instance, my daughter going to school, my daughter going to school, has just been not ideal for her or for me. She doesn't enjoy it. She doesn't thrive there. For me, it's stressful trying to talk her into doing something that she doesn't thrive at. I really don't believe in that. Like it goes against what I believe about life. However, I don't want to be the odd mom out. I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, my daughter's out school, not at school. And then everyone's like, wait, well, where's your daughter then? So I would look at private schools, but then I was like, wow, this private school is $5,000 a month and my daughter doesn't like school. So like, that seems like a stupid investment. <laughs> so it was just one of those things that I realized this year that I just did it because of whatever everyone else thought. So as we went into this pandemic, my daughter and this idea of a virtual school, it just wasn't aligned it didn't help her thrive. It didn't add to her mental well-being. It did not add to my mental well-being. And I really just don't believe that she needs some of the skills and the things that they teach at school. What even took me further into this 
is during this whole, you know, um, uprising that happened in June is the idea that so much of what we learn at school is not even real. So I decided to take my daughter out, out of school. She's been out of school since last year. And I'll tell you, I see all these moms sharing about their kids that are failing or going through all these hard times and also about just like all the screen time. And I find it interesting, like there are so many moms that are anti-screen time, but now the kids have to be on school for all this time. So it's like, it makes you think about what we label as bad, good, or, and why. Why do we do that, you know? So I just started unpacking a lot of that, and I just decided that I have to be the gatekeeper of my daughter and my well-being. When my daughter's 18, she can be the gatekeeper of her own well-being. She has free will. She will make decisions for herself. At this time, I get to decide. And what is true for me is... Only what I know from my own experience is that I went to school until I was in eighth grade and then I got kicked out. If you read my book, you know some of the shit I've been through in my life. And when I was 18, I got kicked out of school. When I was 18, I, well, when I was in eighth grade, I got kicked out. When I was 18, I got my GED because I wanted to work. Like I always was like, I have to be on my own. I have to work. And that was just my life. So When I went into the world, what I realized is the things that I was learning in school aren't really helping me make money. They definitely didn't help me start a business. And when I look at something that I recognize from some of my clients, the clients that I have that have had PhDs, some of them that have gone to school for a very long time, they've gone and got their master's, that there's a level of unlearning from going to school to being an entrepreneur. And for my daughter, I just have, I just believe that she's going to be an entrepreneur. I mean, she already has been an entrepreneur. She created slime and did all these things. And guess what? Her school canceled that on her. They said, you're not allowed to sell slime here. She had a $200 a week, which was pretty amazing for a 12-year-old at school. But there was a lot of that. So my daughter now, interestingly enough, she wants to go back to school. And I'm fine with it if she wants to go back to school, physical school, where there's people. So she's going back. But the thing I had to get okay with, and this is my point, fill in the blank. Maybe it's not school for you. Maybe it's something else. You don't have to do it just because everyone else is doing it. If it takes away from the well-being, if it takes away from the harmony of your home, don't do it. Don't do it. Like literally be the weirdo. I'm a weirdo. I have no desire to be the same as everyone else because when I look at how the majority is operating, the majority is living in a space of accepting mediocrity, accepting like average ways of living, accepting average levels of love, average levels of joy, mediocrity when it comes to happiness, creativity, well-being. I'm unavailable for that. I'm unavailable for that. And I'm inviting you to be unavailable for that. But to be unavailable for that, you have to stop saying yes and continuing to do patterns and behaviors that people do just because it's been the way forever. So one thing that doesn't feel good to me and it doesn't feel good to, I watched it with my daughter and I have to say like right now, she's happier than ever. She's been meditating with me. She's been super into crystals. And as I said, getting witchy with it (laughs) earlier, we've been doing all these things and I don't tell her to do it. She's figured out on her own because she's had the time and space to explore what she's into, what she's interested in. And this is a natural occurrence that happens when we give ourselves space. Give yourself space. 
Stop filling in your days with things that you think that you're supposed to be doing to survive or things that you should be doing because everyone else is doing it. And what's going to occur as a natural occurrence is you will be guided to the things that really spark your interest, the things that really light you up. So I saw my daughter posting on her stories, like breaking down all these components about crystals and all this stuff. And I was like, I am so proud of her. Like she's just sharing what she feels called to share. And the other thing is, you know, I'm very open with my daughter having her time. Like she gets to live a pretty freedom kind of life. Like she has her freedoms. What I'm looking for in our home is harmony and not from a place of just like allowing whatever the hell to go on, but from a place of choose from your highest. Is that an integrity with the woman you want to become? Is that an integrity with the lifestyle you want to live? How does this really make you feel? Why are you really doing that? What are you really trying to get here? And when we start asking these questions, life is different than just bossing our kids around and trying to make them be a certain way. So, you know, there was a little bit of unbecoming to become. And of course, she's 15. She's still a she's still a baby. Things are still going to come about for her. But it wasn't just about her, it was also about me. So when I moved, when I do radical things, I rebranded my business, I stopped doing stuff, I stopped private coaching. As I'm doing all this stuff, I'm like, harmony, well-being, harmony, abundance, harmony, joy, harmony, love. What does this look like in my life? No one else's opinion gets a say. Only I know that special code, that special recipe and order that brings harmony in my life, in my home. We get to decide and we have to have boundaries on that. And we have to be willing to tell everyone else, your opinions are relevant on this. Like, I get that you care. I get that maybe this makes you uncomfortable or triggers something for you. But I have to take care of us on our path because we are choosing harmony. And that's highly unique for each and every one of us, right? No one's relationships are the same. No one's life path is the same. So we have to choose. So I totally understand, like, like for me, one more thing I'll say on this is for me, coming from my background, going to school, you know, as much as I've gone to um, traditional school, higher education, as someone would call it, and then being self-taught and investing in the things that light me up in my late 20s and 30s, you know, yesterday I had a $12,000 day and it was like, no big deal. My assistant wrote me and was like, congratulations on, you know, having this, having this uh, one client come through and then this other things. And I was like, yeah, that is a congratulations. Thank you. But I was just moving about like, of course it happened. Of course it's happening. Of course, because that's where I'm at. But think about it. There's people that have six years, eight years of education under their belt. They're not having $12,000 days. They're not having $100,000 months. They don't get to work the amount that I get to work and do the thing that they love the most. They just picked something and they chose a path because, and I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying this happens a lot because we are conditioned to go to school, go to college, pick your choice. We're telling ninth graders to start college prepping for college in ninth grade and they're stressing about this from year nine to to grade 12. And then what if they change their mind? I change my mind all the time. It's just not setting us up to be happy. And I think this is the biggest thing that really happened in 2020 is we are asking, did this shit really even make me happy? These things that I really thought that I had to do, this job, 
this busyness, this RSVPing to everything, this burning myself out, was this really happiness or was this me shooting all over myself? Was I conditioned to be this way? And that was huge for me. It was huge for me. I'm, you hear me? I'm getting so I'm getting so passionate about this. Like it's it's lighting me up because I realized even for me, I was chasing other people's like path of what they thought I should be like. Um, even in my business, you know, there was just layers. We're constantly learning, and things become um, visible for us. We we get these things that are revealed, and we get to look at them and either be honest make an assessment and make an adjustment or we can just keep falling into that pattern and that path and I know for me I would look at other people's businesses I would look at other people's way of life and I thought I should be like this if I want to be a good mom I should be like this if I want to be the best coach I should be like this if I want to be a woman that lives this kind of life and then I really this year when everything seemed to like fall apart it's in those times like the phoenix rising from the ashes that in those ashes and those falling apart we get to ask what do I really want it to be like? What do I want it to be like when I get back up? How, what does the rebuild look like? And for me, the rebuild was happy. So I hope that serves you. And let me know if that speaks to you in any way, shape, or form. I want you to know that if you're someone that, you know, um, supports, like if you're someone that's always going to school a ton and like your kids going to college is really important, I support that too. And I want you to know that I support my daughter. I tell her, I'm like, if you want to go to school to have the college experience, even though you know that you don't have a particular kind of path that is speaking to you right now and you're more of like a creative, you let me know because I support that too. I will fund it. I will support it. But I'll tell you, it's not a requirement here. The requirement that is happening in my home is happiness, growth, self-awareness. We need to be aware. We need to be growing always and we need to do what makes us happy and really listen to our heart and trust ourselves all right so this brings me to the next one what's really important what's really important sometimes we make things so important that aren't like trying to keep up with the joneses or trying to keep up with the person on the internet because you think your business should look like theirs Um, trying to go to different groups of people because that's all the cool kids or thinking that you need to hit certain numbers in your business because it will make you more worthy. We do these things and what we don't realize that when I say we, I'm speaking from the I here, but I see other people doing it and I've had enough conversations with clients and friends to see other people doing this. We're trying to prove shit. We don't have anything to prove. And I think this is so important. I shared it on the last episode, maybe two episodes ago. Let go of trying to prove anything. The more you do that, everything changes. So when we start asking, what's really important? What's really a priority to me? If it's not an ego here, if I'm just really going back to the days of no toilet paper, no pasta, long lines, like you're not allowed to leave your house and it was very strict and it was very scary and I didn't know what was around the corner in the next week or so, what's really important? What's going to be important for your legacy? What's going to be important for you to share with your kids? What do you want your kids to know? What do you want your partner to know? What do you want your community to know about you? And most importantly, what do you want to know about you? We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to ourselves to be honest about what's important and to release any idea of having to prove or get something to be better, get something to be more worthy. 
We don't have to do that. I know for me, it felt like at one point, I felt like I had to like collect all these friends to be part of an in crowd. I had to like say yes to everything that came my way. I have to say yes to every coffee chat, yes to every invitation. And I felt tired. I either felt tired or I felt like a bitch if I said no. And really what I had to get clear on is just like really what's a priority right now? And if I'm clear on my priorities, I can be strong in my boundaries and do it from love. And really that's what matters, you know? The other thing, let's get to this, what's with what's really important, is my energy. I don't know about you, but I felt so tired without doing a lot this year. And I feel like it's because we all carry the weight of the collective in a way that I just had less capacity for bullshit. I had less capacity for processing a lot of information that wasn't mine. And I knew that I had to really monitor my energy so I had time to hold space for my daughter and whatever she might be going through. You know, these are, these are different times for kids. I had to also hold the space and time for what I needed. I wasn't getting the things that recharged me. You know, I'm very recharged in alone time, in travel. This is the one year where I have only had, um, well, to a normal person, I guess it seems like I have a lot since I went away first three weeks. <laughs> in the year but I would say this year I, I didn't have as much as normal and I didn't get to do the things I normally would do such as I would go out and work at coffee shops and I would get inspiration Chanel would be at school I would go work at coffee shops I would go have lunch and bring my laptop and I would write and I would work this year I didn't have that so I felt like I was constantly in mom mode and mom mode can be tiring all you moms know it's like we don't have a break. There's not a lot, lot of space for self-nurturing. So on top of that, you go outside of my home, I had less time. That's probably why I did very little private client work this year. But I would prioritize my clients, but I'm talking about other people's stuff. So other people coming at me with their nonsense, I just had no, no time for it. And I had learned a very important lesson because I had someone that was unhappy with a decision of mine and they reached out to me and they said, well, I'm going to call you because I want to talk about this. And I said, I'm not available for a phone call right now. And they went crazy. Like they snapped. They were so pissed. They did not honor the boundary. And what I learned in that day, which was a valuable lesson for me, and trust me, ladies, this is a valuable lesson that just changes the game. We don't have to process anyone else's emotions or experience unless we want to right there are people that are myself included in the past that I have gone into let's say months years of spinning out therapy coaching healing work because I taken on other people's experiences what they thought was true, what they were perceiving, what they were experiencing. And that's not mine. And it's not yours. So with some people, we're never going to get to the other side. Some people will also come to you and they'll want to dump everything on you. Every time they have a fight in a relationship, they come to you. Every time something's not working, they come to you. They want to process it all with you. That takes a toll on your energy. And for me, I was just like so not available for that this year. Of course, I had my friends. I was available for that. But um, we have to just decide. And I felt like I had greater compassion for all my friends too, which was like 
we all are just navigating these times. We're all processing things. We're all moving through the collective, especially any of my friends that are supporting other people, like supporting people as their work. We all needed extra self-care this year because we had to hold the high watch. We're holding the faith. And when you have to hold the, the faith and the vision for everyone during a pandemic, it takes even greater anchoring, stability, faith, light. So it's like it requires so much. And that was my experience. So it was really interesting to see where I, and there were a few times where people would write me emails and just come at me with their opinions. And I'm just like, I'm unavailable for that. Unavailable for that. Where in years in the past, I would be like, hmm, I would be more available. So that was an interesting thing for this year. Now, I have two more. So this one is about friendships. I mentioned, I told you that I felt like I had to gather friends. I had to do this thing. I don't know where I got it from. I think it was from like an old paradigm of doing business and networking. And look, I love meeting new people. I am like totally the 38 year old woman. I'm single. I have a fabulous life and I love to make new friends. And I just moved to a new city. So I'm like, hey, where are all like the ladies at? I'm, I miss my girlfriends that were in LA. So I'm down for new friends. But the thing is, I want to do it from a space of it actually feeling good and authentic and not feeling like I have to or I should be. So, you know, a lot of people will reach out and they're like, I want to connect. I want to do this. I want to do that. And what I had to do because this energetic capacity thing, and I feel like I was called to go inward and to be uh, in this space of deeper listening, that I had to go really narrow and deep. So... It was just like the friends that were there, the things that felt true and were an absolute resonance, those were the people I went deep with. The other thing that was very interesting, and I would say like I've been grieving it this year, and this was a lesson in just grieving and releasing, and that's something that we always have to do if we're growing. We have to understand that sometimes we do grow apart from people. And as we grow apart, there's other people that we also grow closer to. New people enter our field as other people are leaving our field. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. I have um, friends that I definitely have grieved this year. And it's not that they're totally gone. It's just that I see how much we've grown apart. And I love them. And I love what we had. But it's not there anymore. It's not like that anymore. The other thing that I noticed this year is that people, some people were really committed to being in the fear, being in the divisive energy, being in the um, anger and the projecting and the blaming. Like, I'm not going to blame the president for everything. I'm not going to blame the other political party for everything. I'm not going to blame any, like blaming is victim energy. We can look at something and go, here's what I feel happened from my perspective. This is what I'm seeing. But at the end of the day, we're all just sharing our opinions. We're sharing our theories. There's a lot of information, noise, and theories and things like that. So what I learned just online was like, wow, there was so much tension, division, and some people were very committed to fear and anger and fighting, and other people were very committed to I'm here to be a light worker. I'm here to be a miracle worker. I have big things to do. I can't get distracted in all of the fighting and bickering and chaos on the internet. And I feel like this was a year of us really seeing who was where. Like where where were you on that spectrum? You know, like it was it was intense, but everyone was falling into different spaces. So 
I really got to see who was in, in what space and where do I fall on that spectrum. And what I realized is while I can get scared and do all the things, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty much a person that's here to question things. I am here to ask questions. I'm here to wonder why people are saying things, wonder why people are being told certain things. And, you know, I just live in the question. I'm not going to act like I know everything that's happening behind scenes. I don't. But I think it's important just to question and be open-minded. So it's been a year of shifting in a lot of friendships, but at the same time, it's been beautiful. But I will say that I'm still grieving some of them. I'm still moving through that and, and inviting in and praying about like, you know, I'm willing, I'm, I'm available for what's new. I'm available for what's next. And I, I trust where I'm being guided. We have to trust where we're being guided. So the other thing is the next, I would say the, the next thing here is I did learn a lot too. You learn a lot about how people are showing up in the online space in terms of just integrity, keeping their word, all these things. I know for me, I had programs that I invested in that were live programs that had um, live retreats. And I had to keep changing the date because I was like, I'm unwilling to not do a live event for these women. But I also have to honor the fact that they're uncomfortable traveling. And that's where most people are right now. Even if I'm okay traveling, they're not. So I really had to learn a lesson of having even more compassion for my clients even if it wasn't what I was personally feeling. So I really softened in that way and, and found myself really questioning it because I had a mentor this year that was the opposite. And I was like, should I be more in the space of just do what feels good to me? Or should I ask the question and, and really honor my clients and really honor what feels true for them? And when I really checked in with my heart and where I am right now, I honored the clients and if, I'm so glad I did. So we still have this retreat that was supposed to happen in June that is to be determined. Likely we'll have it in March, April, or May, but really it's going to see see what the ladies are feeling. And, you know, that's what, I, what felt right for me. So on the flip side of that, for me, I was disappointed because of investment I made didn't work out that way. And while I was so triggered, I was very, um, like, disappointed really it just sucks because I was looking forward to it I invested in it and we didn't get our money back or anything like that it was just kind of a you know it was an interesting situation I got to really ask a lot of questions about how do I want to show up in my business what do I want to what do I want to represent what does my agreements with my clients mean to me and I got to grow into that myself so that was a big blessing even though it wasn't a fun lesson now Let's get into the last and final thing is, look, my friends, even in all the things and all the frustrations, whether you are having a financial crisis or maybe there's a relationship crisis, and really whenever we see a crisis, there's, there's an awakening that's happening, right? There's a big change that's happening. We are seeing differently. Things are adjusting, and there's harmony in there somewhere. Like order is happening. We just can't see it. And whenever these things are happening, what we must know is at the end of the day, we are in this together and we still have each other. And that's my final lesson. No matter what, we went through all these things and there was so much noise and fighting and fear and 
there's also joy and abundance and liberation and wins that happened. Through it all, we had each other. We had access. We could be on our phones, on the computer. People were Zooming. I mean, look, the happy hour Zoom was born during the pandemic. Um, Virtual meditation retreats were born. Like so much happened and it's a blessing. Like there were blessings. Uh, People got to slow down and spend time with their family that they hadn't spent time with, but they still got to build their online business. The thing is that I want to remind you is that we get to use this tool that we have as social media intentionally and with love or not. And it's really a blessing when we get clear on it and lead with it from love because we are in this together and we have the means to connect with people from all over the world. I had a client in the Miracle Worker Method She is all the way from Poland and she joined and she was with us on our live calls. Um, She would wake up, set her alarm at two in the morning and hop on these calls to ask her a question and to hear her things. Like she was so committed and how cool is that? Like I love having my clients from Poland, Australia, the UK. Like it's just, it's amazing. We are in this together. Remember that. Let go of the separation. Let go of what you think about another person and just keep coming home to the part that we are in this together. No matter how crazy things get, we're in this together. And keep your favorite people close. Love on them hard. Appreciate them. And remember that you are one of your favorite people. Don't forget that. So I hope you enjoyed those lessons and those vulnerable shares and oh shit moments because you know what? It's life. We all have them. And on the flip side of that, I've had so many amazing wins, so many amazing moments and times of feeling loved and being supported about by my new sisters. I've met so many amazing women in 2020 that have become really great friends. So there's a lot of shifts happening and you got to be able to ride the wave, the ebbs and the flows. So let's talk about this before we go. What are you cultivating within for 2021. So remember what I said in the very, very beginning of this, that it's less about goals. So you may have a goal, let's say, to have a $500,000 year. You may have a goal to lose 40 pounds this year. You may have a goal to become someone that writes the book this year. Whatever the goal, fill in the blank, right? These are just random goals I just threw out there. Rather than focusing on that goal, the dollar amount, the weight loss, the book. Focusing on what you want to cultivate within. So something that you could cultivate within for any of those is discipline. Being the person that does what they say they're going to do. Being the person that knows how to show up for the thing that they want most. Having the courage to do something that maybe excites you but also scares you. Having the patience to be able to sit down and continue to do the thing that may be uncomfortable, but you got to do it. Maybe you don't feel like sitting down and writing 3,000 words today, but you know you want a book done, don't you? So you sit down and you do it. And I know that I can say that because I'm an author. And I know there's days that you want to write and there's days where you're like, I have nothing to say, but I'll tell you something always comes, something always comes. So think about what you want to cultivate. And even for the person that says that she wants to make $500,000 a year, 
you want to make $500,000 a year, focus less on that strategy because you can't sit here and plan out exactly how you're going to make $500,000 a year. You can try, you can whiteboard. I'm going to have 25 people in this program. I'm going to have 10 people in this program. 500 people are going to do this, but it rarely works like that. Instead, focus on the type of decisions you would make as someone that makes $500,000 a year. The person that makes $500,000 a year, do you think she's really stressing over making a $3,500 investment over herself? Do you think she's going back and forth for five days, talking to five different people about it, scared to get on a payment plan? No, she's not. No, she's not. That person making $500,000 a year understands that every time she makes an investment in herself, it pays some sort of dividend. The money multiplies in her life. The benefits multiply in her life. She knows that. Show up as her. How does she live her life in terms of conversations? What is her environment like? What are the kind of things that she's unavailable for? Same thing with the weight loss or fitness journey or health wellness journey, right? Like for me, I had to be unavailable for pushing myself. If I'm focusing on loving myself and being the most well, strong, alive, just revitalized version of me, I have to set my calendar up differently. I have to not do things just for money. I have to do things that really light me up. I have to create enough space so that I can go to get my body treatments, to go get facials, to go to sauna. You know, there's things that I have to do. So ask yourself, what are the feelings and the qualities that you are cultivating within yourself this year? And then begin to make decisions and plans from that knowing. That person you become is going to know how to reach that goal, no problem. But you can't sit here from the version of person you are right now and think that you know the answer to that question because you don't. You're becoming it. You're becoming it. Now, this takes me into my next question that helps you with this is, are your current decisions, behaviors, actions, state of being aligned with your truest desires so if you just scan your life are you showing up as that person now be honest be honest some of you are looking for your queen or your king in your life but you are showing up and you are not acting like someone that would be a good match for that person because you're not even fitting into that energetic that you're seeking right but the desire is there so you know that there's a part of you that's ready for that so now it's time to be honest, assessed, and adjust. How can you shift into her? How can you shift into that person? How can you show up as her? Same thing with business. I see this so many times. Women come into my programs, whether it's Money Miracles or Miracle Worker Method, and they tell me about how their business isn't working or how they're not making the money they wanna make, and then I look at their social media, especially with Miracle Worker Method, because there I'm actually giving you more business mentorship. And I'm looking at their social media and I'm like, wow, I can't even tell you're selling anything. I don't know what you're selling. I don't know how much it costs. I don't even really know that you have a business. I see that you like to play in the realm of healing or coaching, or you like to share inspirational cute posts or other people's quotes, but I don't see you showing up as the leader. And I definitely don't see you showing up as the salesperson. I don't see anything that you're selling. So it's like you're not consistent with wanting to have the $100,000 a year. You're definitely not consistent with being the you know, thought leader, multi-million dollar brand, and whatever else you say you're going to be in the future because 
you have to first be comfortable with showing up fully for yourself now. And it has to be reflected in your actions, your behaviors, your choices right here, right now. So ask yourself that and really sit with it. And I want you to get clear on two things. I want you to look at what are the biggest lessons that you had to learn this year? Painful, uncomfortable, just damn it, disappointing. Like what did you learn this year? And how is that going to nourish you, nurture you, bless you as you move into the new year, right? Like we have these lessons that show up and it teaches us something. If you had a horrible financial year, let's say you lost your job, it sucked maybe. Maybe you had to sell some things that you really didn't want to sell or you didn't get to do the thing you wanted to do or you didn't get to have the Christmas you wanted. But what's the lesson, right? The lesson could be I needed to have a better savings, I wish that I started my business when I thought that I should last year. I wish I really took my side hustle seriously. There could be a lot of things there. But the thing that you want to take with you would be, you know, that lesson that as I move into the new year, I'm going to really show up for myself. I'm going to show up for the income I want to make. I'm going to show up for the things that I'm here to do. I'm going to start saving more money because I deserve to have my own money too. Not just give it all to other people, just spend it all at the store, circulate it in other ways. I deserve some of my own too. And I deserve to make more, so I'm going to act like it. I'm going to show up for that. So we get to ask those questions and change the game for ourselves. And finally, what is that one life-altering quantum leap thing that you can do right now for you? I want you to know that If you want that quantum leap kind of result, meaning like it's a holy shit, big shift, like, wow, it just happened so fast. It changed so quickly. It it was such a big result. That doesn't really come from just tiptoeing in the safety zone. It comes from you going fully in, signaling to the universe, I'm all in, baby, let's do this. I'm in. That's when the quantum leap comes. The quantum leap comes with quantum faith, quantum knowing. Know it. Know it's possible for you. Know what's real. Know that you deserve it, but you got to show up for it. Stop tiptoeing. What is that one leap of faith move you're going to make? For some of you, it's going to be joining Miracle Worker Method. You know that it's time to get support in your business. You know you can't keep doing these free webinars that people have or keep Googling YouTube videos. You need to have some real support and you need to go a little bit deeper and that's okay. I'm investing in myself this year too, but you have to ask yourself, what is that thing that you're going to do to really quantum leap yourself? And let me know. Let me know so I can hold space for you. So my friends, I'm going to leave you with this. This is one of the longer episodes that I've done. I hope that you got some value. I always say like, I don't want to come onto my podcast and just talk about me. It's not about me, but I like to share my messages, my lessons, my vulnerable moments, my aha moments, because I know that you can carry some of this wisdom with you. And I, uh, at the end of the day, I want you to know that you and me, we're made of the same stuff. The only thing that may be different, again, is the awareness And our willingness, because you need to be willing. Remember that free will. You need to be willing to say yes. You need to be willing to give your life the best shot that you can by saying yes to the nudges, obeying the nudges, and taking those leaps of faith. Going into the unknown, moving, cutting your hair, trying the things, dating the person, breaking up with the person, whatever it is that you're being nudged to do, 
what if? What if the nudge is right? What if it is? So my friends, I am sending you so much love. If there's someone that you know can benefit from this, please share it with them. You know, this is a year where people are going through hard times and maybe still holding a lot of the things that I shared about within, or maybe they're struggling about their kids at school or some things that happened during the political division that happened or the racial division that happened. Or, you know, there's so many people that are dealing with things in the silence of their hearts. And you never know when sharing something like this can change their life forever. So share away and be sure to let me know what you loved about this. And if you are listening to this and you're thinking about Miracle Worker Method and you're like, I don't know if I can do it or you want to get onto the other side of your fear, DM me so I can lovingly hold your hand and guide you over the edge because I'll tell you this, you'll never regret investing in yourself. There's always something to be learned and you deserve to grow when we're growing or happy. Until next time, my friends, many, many blessings. All right, Miracle Worker, I am so excited that we got to spend this time together. And beyond that, I'm grateful. It's a privilege to have you here with me. And I want to remind you that you are a miracle and you have direct access to infinite intelligence and you can open up to a radical, unbelievable, supernatural transformation in your life and business. Just that thought in itself can take hold in your subconscious and create beautiful change. And that's exactly why I'm challenging you to share this with someone you love today. You never know how one podcast, one message, one video can change the trajectory of someone else's life. And you get to have that kind of momentum in the universe. So take a moment and forward this on to someone you love. And if you feel really excited about it, share it with your Facebook, share it with your Instagram, share it with people and get them to listen as well. Know that the universe always pays you back for the good you put out into the world. So go ahead and get your miracle. Until next time, keep shining, keep showing up, and stay open. Stay open.